Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. You will find this program to have your best interest at heart. You can help us to continue this library of educational topics to help you preserve your home and family. As a nonprofit organization, we would appreciate your monetary support. Here is your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. Her story has inspired millions of people around the world as an expert in overcoming phobias and bad memories. My guest can give you the tools to change the way you think to help change behavioral patterns to achieve your personal goals. My guest is a licensed master trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, and here she is, Calliope Barlas. Thank you, Calliope, for coming on my show. I appreciate you taking time to talk to us about... Oh, many people have concerns about phobias. And before we get into our discussion, please tell us a little bit about you and share us uh, your story and uh, that served the as the impetus to what you are doing today, if you would. Well, I'd love to, Ben. First off, I just want to thank you so much for having me on your show. My pleasure. And um, <laughs> I hope to add some value to all of your fans out there. I'm sure. And, and so uh, I, I started all of this some time ago, uh, Decades ago, actually, I played golf professionally and I didn't grow up with the game. It was something I took up and two years later, I became a pro golfer. Mm -hmm. And at some point I realized that wasn't my calling and thought I was more intrigued by how it is that I thought successfully on the golf course that got me there and started learning the skills on how to give people the tools to actually do the same. And at some point, I'd realized that the inverse of what I was doing could help people with their senseless fears, the ones that are uncontrollable and unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Because on a golf course, I made great big pictures of the target inside my mind in order to respond to it and make the ball get there. And within like the first six months, I had like six holes in one. And so I realized that when people have a fear, a great big fear of something, Mm -hmm. let's say a a roach that's common here in New York City where I am, that roach inside their mind is like the size of an elephant. Mm. And and so (laughs) we do some, I do some things to to shrink it down under certain circumstances. But um, what got me into this first and foremost is when I realized it would be more valuable to people to share these tools instead of watching me golf, I um, I started learning NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that I had a very big fear of public speaking and needed to get over it myself. So that's how I got onto this path and teaching people how to overcome their fear since I got over one of the biggest fears on the planet, which is oh, public yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know uh, certain individuals with that same uh, fear. Uh, um, may, may I trouble you to give us a, an idea how you were able to overcome that public uh, speaking fear? Absolutely. Well, you know, what happens often when people have a fear of public speaking mm-hmm. is that they, inside their minds, think that they're being judged, that no mm-hmm. one's liking what they're saying that they're talking about what they're wearing and 
how poorly they're saying something. Well, instead of turning the intention, the attention on themselves, mm -hmm. once you start thinking, well, you know what, what I have to share really does have value to someone's life. And so how can I present this in such a luring way that they can get what it is that I'm saying and actually do something with it? And when the attention becomes on someone else and what value it can add to someone else's life, it, it takes away what it once was to you mm. because it's far more meaningful to make a difference in this world than to be shy about what it is that you have to say and not say it. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like that. So, yeah, we, we tend to be too self-conscious, but what you're saying is to deflect that onto uh, the uh, the audience. What is going? What can you say to benefit them? Uh, they are the focal point, is what you're saying. Um, that so, is right. Yeah, I like that. I like that because I, I do uh, public speaking occasionally, um, and. Um, you do get, um, you know, a little, a little nervous, but I think a little bit of nervousness is good to make sure you're, you, you know, it's it's as an incentive for you to do the best you can. I, I would think, you know, but uh, you don't want to get too complacent uh, when you speak to others like that and that in that forum, you know. But uh, I understand. I 100% agree with you that mm -hmm. a certain amount of stress is a good thing. So, like we used to call it good stress in golf. Uh, oh. The idea is that you become alert, right, with the energy that's going through your body and mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is to, like you said, use that energy to fuel what it is that you have to say. There you go. Yeah. I like that. So is, is this considered a therapy? It is not therapy. Okay. Uh, because it's not a psychological change it's more of a neurological change and neuro-linguistic programming. I'm a licensed master trainer of NLP. And mm -hmm. I know that the name may sound daunting, but the truth is, is that we look at the thought that thought has structure. And so when you make great big pictures of the things that you love the most, well, then you're going to feel really good about it. Mm -hmm. But if you make great big pictures of the things that scare the heck out of you, well, you're really scaring yourself more than anything else is meant to be scaring you in order to maintain your safety. Mm -hmm. Because let's put it this way. There are certain things that you do need to fear because then you stay safe. You don't want to be walking down a dark alley and hear someone hiding behind a wall thinking you may go through there safe. Well, the idea is to pay attention to your surroundings. And if something doesn't look right, sound right, or feel right, mm -hmm. well, then you need to go into a different direction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, uh, you're you tuned in with your, your, your instincts, you know, um, some call it gut feeling or uh, that sort of thing, you know, but uh, no, I, I, I can appreciate that. Um, you also speak of uh, that, that we innately that we uh, have two fears, only two fears, uh, falling, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. And whatever we pick up along the way, it can be unlearned. Would you expand on that a little bit? So there is some research that was done mm -hmm. some years ago that indicates that there are two fears 
that people are born with, and they are the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So if you see a baby in a carriage, let's say being strolled down the block in New York City, mm-hmm. if a loud noise goes off, suddenly the baby starts crying. Yeah, and, and even a dog will be alerted when they hear a very loud noise. And whenever it is that a, a toddler falls, you know, sometimes they'll cry, but they certainly get up again. And so those two things are what we're born with, those two fears. And basically the rest that become uncontrollable or unreasonable, preventing people from living their lives have either been learned or, or something else. I mean, I've even heard people developing a fear from dreaming about something. Mm. And so, but what it really boils down to oftentimes, I mean, I hear a lot of people say that it's the fear of death and but quite honestly, I think it goes beyond that, that it's the fear of the unknown for most, mm-hmm. but it can always change by changing how you think about what it is that you fear. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I know, um, you know, many folks are, uh, have a fear of, uh, let's say, snakes, for instance. And that kind of reminds me, you know, when I was a boy, I grew up on a farm. And uh, many times I'd come home with a with a snake in my jacket, you know. Um, and, of course, my mom wouldn't, uh, she didn't care for that too much. <laughs> but, but today... I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> but, but today, you know, I uh, maybe because I'm older, maybe I know better, I don't know. But today I, I, I stay away from that, uh, you know, that sort of thing. I... But uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Well, maybe because of my my uh, upbringing out in the country and so forth. I, there's a lot of lots that you see and can't get into, you know, and uh, that sort of thing. But uh, you got fears of spiders, fears of like you indicated, uh, cockroaches. Uh, I know my grandson; he's afraid of cockroaches. Oh my goodness, he's afraid of them. And uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, uh, when we when we're, we are speaking about phobias, do they differ from ordinary fears? Uh, how do they differ, or, or do they? Well, they certainly do, because okay. we need some fear in order to maintain our safety when needed. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about that snake and being able to handle it, it was obviously a snake that was not venomous. Right. And so as a child, you knew that there was no real danger in bringing that home that snake, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I'm, I'm going to assume it, it was a little farm snake that, you know, God forbid it it did bite that it wouldn't send you to the hospital, right? right correct. It wasn't anything that your mom would be able to take care of. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then, you know, for those of us who, you know, whether or not you are brought up in the country, there are certainly snakes that you do need to stay oh, yes. away from if Mm -hmm. they are venomous and if Mm -hmm. you don't know if they are or not and so the same goes in you know let's say new york city where the number one fear as far as i could tell in my own practice is the fear of transportation Mm. and so i would certainly not stand near the platform of a subway station Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons and you know, because that's maintaining my safety, but it won't prevent me from riding the train, uh, you know, standing in a safe place. So there are fears that we need to maintain. 
And then there are fears that are senseless, uncontrollable, unreasonable, and prevent us from living the life that we want to do the things that we want to be doing. And and that's Mm -hmm. where the phobias come in. Mm. That's interesting. So uh, obviously then there's a rational fear, uh, like you were saying, you know, uh, um, being careful, Uh, irrational, it's, it's, it's entirely different. Doesn't make any sense. Or, or you know, to a rational mind, anyway. Um, so I, I, I can see that. Uh, so what, what symptoms and and behavior uh, might indicate a phobia? If you would uh, share with us on that. Well, it's it's a, a wide range really? of things that can happen for people. Mm. I mean, I think the worst case scenario was when mm. a young mother uh, mentioned that she saw a clown in Times Square. And was so terrified of clowns because she watched a movie about a terrifying clown. It stuck in her mind, all those big pictures of what the clown was doing stayed inside of her mind. And they were huge and big and just scared the heck out of her. Mm -hmm. That when she saw an entertaining clown in Times Square, she got so scared and ran so fast that she didn't even realize that she left her child in the baby carriage on a corner. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, we, we want to stop that sort of stuff from happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So when she came in to see me, she was sweating, panting, having a hard time breathing, mm. just even coming to my office because she thought that I was going to have a clown that she would have to look at. Uh, which was not the case. I would never do that to someone. In fact, it would be counterproductive because then they've got all this adrenaline going through their system Mm -hmm. that prevents them from really going through the change that they're coming for. And so those are some of the things that that people go through and unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. That's... um... I can see that is so definitely that's irrational uh, fear when you leave your little one like that. Uh, you're just you're just not thinking. Uh, my goodness. Um, speaking of uh, living out in the farm, my, my dad he would hire folks, you know, to help out in the farm and so forth. And I knew this one fellow, and he was a big fellow, bigger than my dad, big, robust-looking fellow. But he had uh, a fear of mice. <laughs> in fact, in fact, uh, me and I was always picking up things, you know, little critters like that, you know. And and look what I found, you know. I was probably maybe maybe uh, ten or eleven, and he literally took off running, literally. Uh, I I I was baffled by that, but. You know, as you grow up, you pick up on what's going on, you know, but I couldn't understand that at the time. But uh, I can see that uh, where people have uh, an irrational fear of things like that. You are listening to Your Lot and Parcel podcast. We invite you to tell a friend and to leave a rating and your commentary. We thank you in advance. We are visiting with a licensed master trainer of neuro-linguistic programming. 
and she is dedicated to providing you the tools to build your best, make better decisions in life, overcome everyday challenges such as phobias and bad memories, and to contact her to experience true freedom, the link is found in the show notes. Let's get back with her, Calliope Barless. the what is the most pervasive phobia that you've found uh, if you don't mind me asking that well from from it yeah. it's getting on the bus it's getting on the subway it's walking mm. down the street it's getting into a car getting onto an airplane and basically a lot of it is is transportation and then sometimes what's in those transportation areas um you know, whether it be the people or some of the vermin uh, crawling around. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Um, so I, I guess it would be um, regional, I guess, uh, you know. Uh, it it certainly is. Yeah. It, it is. It is because, you know, uh, there are more people who fear roaches in New York City than there are. And then there are people who come from the country who, who fear spiders more. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you suppose that maybe something that we picked up along the way, um, you know, uh, because we do experience different things, trauma, you know, as you grow up. Uh, and because uh, I know the, the, the subconscious is, well, it's compared to an iceberg, you know, only uh, what, 10 percent above the water. And that's your conscious mind. They tell me and everything is below. And sometimes it just kind of creeps up on you. Uh, what would you say to something like that? It's always individual. Individual, yeah. And no one person fears the same way as another person does. Mm. Their motivation to be feared, the past of it, sometimes there is a past experience, sometimes there isn't. Mm -hmm. But what I can say as a common denominator is usually the fear inside their mind is massive. Mm. It's bigger than life. And so when you bring it back to proportion or even make it even smaller than life, then the feeling attached to it changes. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, um, I, um, you know, as we speak, I kind of throw myself into the picture here, you know, as um, my experiences and been around a little while, you know, uh, I'm in my mid, uh, mid sixties is where I'm at right now. Uh, Good for you. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been around a little bit and always been uh, self-employed all my adult life and getting into business, you know, uh, there's a little bit of fear, but um, once you get into the, into the weeds of things, you know, you kind of sort out the details. Uh, uh, for instance, this podcast here, I found myself in the year 2020 sitting on my hands, you know, of course, much like everybody was sequestered as well. So what am I going to do? And uh, so well, we started this podcast, uh, so it's going on uh, close to three years now. But um, I can imagine that some just would be very much afraid of starting something new, a new job or a new business. Uh, I, I guess it covers the whole spectrum. I would think, right? That's right. And 
one of the things about people who fear starting a new business is that they hear too frequently how only 20% of businesses that start off make it. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is that there are more businesses that do make it. And oftentimes when they don't make it, they don't think about not just starting it, but how are they going to maintain it? Mm. And running a business always requires acclimating to the current standard. You know, today you need social media to promote your restaurant or coffee shop. Sure. Without it, it may not even do well. It's those reviews that make businesses thrive. And so knowing what it is that you need to maintain your business in order for it to be successful needs to be part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do your homework, you know, your research, and, uh, and um, of course, always have a, a solution for what if, you know, all those questions. What if this happens, you know? Um, so it's a matter of mitigating uh, the fear of moving forward. But I'm sure you cover uh, or help folks that um, are just stuck, right? Stuck in a, in a rut and just can't move forward because maybe uh, their fears are just too overwhelming, uh, I would think. Uh, am I correct on that? Well, yeah. You know, yeah. oftentimes uh, they see the worst happening. Oh, gosh. And, yes. and in some way, that's a plan. Yeah. And they don't realize that they're planning for the worst because that's all they see. But if instead... They look into the future and imagine what it is, the direction that they want their business to go into, then that's certainly a better plan. Mm-hmm. Very good. So it, this is not therapy. So it's uh, an education of kind of rewiring your thinking, I guess, uh, neuroplasticity. Would that be it? That's right. And, you know, I always make sure that people leave laughing because if it's one <laughs> okay. thing laughing right. does about what it is that they once feared yeah. is being able to build in another response a, a response that they want more so than being in fear unreasonably and so you know whenever it is that that someone has a fear of a spider and we shrink it down from inside their mind then see them in their home, mm-hmm. doing something, whether they're watching TV, doing the dishes or vacuuming or just cleaning up somehow or working. And if they see a little spider in the corner, mm-hmm. you know, they can just say, oh, OK, not a big deal. Do I need do I need to do something or is this a harmless little spider mm-hmm. coexisting in my home? And so that's that's where I want people to be so that they can make a rational decision mm-hmm. when they need to run or when they need to stay, continue go. doing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you help them to minimize uh, by means of how they look at the the issue and, uh, and therefore I guess the mind is rewiring itself uh, to where you're, you're able to handle it. Uh, let, let me ask you this. Uh, well, what, what is the most bizarre, if you don't mind me asking, the most bizarre phobia that you have encountered? Well, there are a couple. Uh, ah, okay. I, one of them is a caterpillar, mm. which 
I've never heard of there being a venomous caterpillar, Mm. you know, and it's one of the most harmless creatures on the planet. And it looks warm and fuzzy. um, (laughs) But unfortunately, the person, you know, who had that uh, had had thoughts installed inside their mind about what it symbolized for them. Mm. And then it ended up getting worse. So in addition to that, I met someone who had a fear of fortune cookies. Oh my, okay. And and hearing good news in the fortune cookies, you know, because most of the time they, if not 100% of the time, they have something positive to say, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, that was a little strange. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I tell you what, um, us humans... <laughs> Us human creatures were very complex, I, I, I think, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, there's uh, all kinds of things going on in the background. Um, what are your thoughts of uh, medication uh, during the, the, the man and trying to manage the the uh, disorder? Yeah, what do you think of that? Uh, That's probably a better question for a psychiatrist who has the ability to prescribe. Pharmaceuticals. Uh, I don't work from a psychological perspective. Of course, if someone does need to be on pharmaceuticals, it's important Mm -hmm. for their own safety and others. Um, I I have I don't have the right to you know dispense them or 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 prescribe them. So Mm -hmm. it's not something that um, I can really comment further on. Okay. Very good. Fair enough. Um, and, um, of course, uh, by the way, on your, on your website, are there some training uh, programs on your website? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. So, uh, I'm very excited to say that there are three training programs, uh-huh. actually two, and then one is a docu-series where I filmed other people overcoming their fear while I give them the tools to overcome them. Mm. And so it's really exciting. Uh, There are five episodes. Four of them include overcoming fear and one is overcoming a bad memory because I basically utilize the same tools to overcome a bad memory so that whatever it is that happened once in the past can no longer have such an impact on what happens in the future. Mm. And, um, one of the other training online programs I have is specifically how do you overcome an irrational fear? Mm-hmm. And it's based on the skills of my book called Phobia Relief from Fear to Freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called The Fear Zapper, mm. the online program. And so aside from that, I've got a golf course program. If anybody yeah. out there wants to take their golf game to the next level, there you go. It's yeah. called golfing for money because I teach people stuff, <laughs> things hey, that that they that. probably yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So that you know, playing competitively is a real fun <laughs> thing to do with golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it 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 really propels people to play better, faster, mm-hmm. and that's the name of my best-selling books: "Play Golf Better, Faster." That the online program has been motivated to be made because it's the next level of the book. And so if they go to buildingyourbest.com, you can have a look at all those online programs. 
and all the work is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And at least I, I guarantee it will make an impact somehow differently on your life mm-hmm. by doing and applying what it is that you learn. Yeah. Do you, do you uh, still play professionally? I, I haven't played professionally a long time, but I have played in tournaments um, uh-huh. and won the golf club championship at my home, home course here in New York City. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I took it up again during the pandemic because it was one of the safest things you could do. Mm-hmm. getting getting out there so they mm-hmm. were doing a good job of of keeping us healthy out on the golf course so yeah definitely uh i love the game i think it has a lot of great experience in in mental discipline and just being outdoors and having fun with so. the people you like and love and yeah it's just great i, I think so yeah i think it uh it, it well there's a lot of many benefits, uh, like you said. Um, uh, it's um, when you're out there in the, on the green. It's uh, well, it helps you, uh, benefits you emotionally, and of course physically when you're moving around and so forth. So it's uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. You uh, provide consultation. Uh, I I um rarely see people one on one anymore. Okay. For the phobias um i do trainings trainings okay uh where i teach people the tools as well as other nlp techniques and they can even become licensed as practitioners to do what it is that i do but they can apply it to anything that it is that they they do because ideally i teach people how to communicate best with themselves and others and it's all about how we think that influences what it is that we do. And when you make your brain a friendly place, you can certainly achieve more of what it is that you want, even if it's just being happy. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, I'm thinking of the expression, you know, if you can perceive it, you can achieve it, you know, is, is what I've found to be true. Uh, um, and, you know, along the way, the things that I've been wanting to do, I, I just uh, if I can if I can see it, you know, I, I, I generally will uh, will go through, follow through, you know, and, and succeed on whatever I want to do. And um, that's but, right. And you you know you can do this mm-hmm. on purpose, so to speak. Exactly. You, you yeah. can you can make it happen instead of not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Well, I I want to thank you. Uh, for coming on my show and uh, and I want to thank you for being there for folks because I, I tell you there's lots of folks that could use some direction and help uh, on this topic here and uh, so I thank you for coming on your lot and parcel uh, show and I wish you continued success and to you as well Ben I really appreciate being on your show I hope your fans enjoyed it and I wish you and everyone a lovely life Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org. We trust you will sponsor our informative podcast with your generosity. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.